Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Today is episode 15. I am your host, Sebastian Richard. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Elizabeth Richard. And today we will be talking about the intangible leader. But before we dive right in, there's going to be quite a bit of uh, content today, as usual. You know us. I mean, we love content, right? But before we dive right in, we'd like to tell you guys, if you want to get the episodes straight to your inbox, it's really easy. All you have to do is go to thrivingonpurposepodcast.com and sign up with your email and you will get episodes in your inbox every single week. So you won't have to run after you know, going to click from place to place and it's just going to be right there for you. Okay, so today's subject, we're going to show basically how to identify the intangible leaders on your team, which basically means learning how to see past the numbers. We're often taught in the field of leadership that leaders bring results, and they absolutely do. We're also told that they are impactors, right? They are impact makers. They are driven. They have energy. They change the course of mighty corporations. In other words, there are obvious qualities that leaders have that make them identifiable on any given team, whether it be in business, in a church, in a community, or in sports. And we have addressed those identifiable qualities in our second podcast, which was titled The Characteristics of a Leader. So if you guys want to go back and listen to that podcast, we encourage you to do so. It was a very good podcast where we gave seven key characteristics of leaders. So now we're going to discuss the leaders on your team that are diamonds in the rough. They don't bring those coveted results, and yet there is something about them that makes you appreciate them and want to keep them around. You just can't pinpoint their contribution accurately, though. Intangible leaders are those who bring value to your team, but whose potential is obviously not reached. So Merriam-Webster defined intangible as that's in the dictionary, obviously, an abstract quality or attribute. And we have the perfect illustration to show you what we mean. So the example that we're going to give you comes from the TV show Suits. Now, for those of you who don't know this show, it's a TV show based on the ups and downs of a thriving New York law firm. It's a well-written show with good character development, but there's also great leadership lessons in the show. That said, Okay, this is not a Christian show, and there are things that might offend some viewers. So I'm just giving you a heads up and a warning, and I'm not endorsing the show. In season eight's first episode, there's a character called Katrina Bennett. She's an up and coming lawyer at the firm, and she wants more opportunities to prove herself. And the opportunity is given by her boss, Lewis. So she's given the unpleasant task to fire the least productive associates at the firm. So associates are basically uh, uh, lawyers that just started out, okay? So to handle this task, 
she crunches the associates' numbers using a very reliable software. When done, the results speak for themselves and she knows exactly who gets the boot. However, one of those associates is her boss Lewis's favorite, a man named Brian. Now, Brian used to bring in good results, but since the birth of his child, his numbers have plummeted and his priorities, understandably, have shifted from his career to his home life. When Lewis tells her that firing Brian is out of the question, Katrina, who is a workhorse, and she puts up great numbers herself all across the board, she is simmering in frustration, okay? So later, while Katrina is deep in thought and frustration in the associate's office late at night, Donna, who is the firm's chief operating officer and self-made muse, she comes in. And the ensuing conversation between Katrina and Donna goes like this, and we're going to play the clip here. Tell me, you ran all the numbers for Lewis. Who are the top five most efficient associates? Jesse, Sarah, Ryan, Carl, and Gina. Where does Brian sit? Right here. Right here in the center of those five people? Do you think that's a coincidence? I had Katrina, what you have yet to learn is that there are players who never put up great stats, but you keep them around because they make the people around them better. Are you talking about Brian or you? I'm talking about both. So what do I do? You do what you said you do. You evaluate the associates. Only this time, do it better. Okay. Now, I think that Donna's quote is worth repeating when she says, There are players who never put up great stats, but you keep them around because they make the people around them better. Now, that is the intangible leader. Exactly. So that's the intangible leader summed up. So do you have a Brian on your team? Someone with great qualities, but who seems to fall short in the numbers category? In today's episode, we want to help you to identify those intangible leaders around you or on your team because failure to do so will eventually hurt your team, your leadership, and your legacy as a leader. So first of all, the intangible leader is not about the obvious stuff you can put on a spreadsheet, okay? His contributions are not quantifiable. Let me repeat that. The intangible leader's contributions are not quantifiable. So he's not about the greatest results, the greatest numbers, the most sales. That said, this can make him hard to identify on any given team or among your employees. However, his contributions go far beyond what you can readily see and observe. As an entrepreneur, business owner, and leader, it is your duty to identify and build up those under the radar and potentially transformational leaders. In the world of leadership, we are taught that true leaders bring results, period. We are taught that leadership brings quantifiable results, more wins, more sales, and more followers. But you have to learn to see farther than numbers to build a legacy. So 
can you talk to us about the Pareto Principles blind spot, Sebastian? Yeah, well, first, before I talk about the Pareto Principles blind spot, I would like to talk about the Pareto Principle uh, because some people just don't know what it is. Um, so we're taught that when building a team, we must apply the Pareto Principle if we are to build a highly successful team. So what is the Pareto Principle? The Pareto and let me spell that for you, it's P-A-R-E-T-O, principle, was coined by Italian economist Wilfredo Pareto back in 1895. He noticed that people in society seemed to divide naturally into what he called the vital few, or the top 20% in terms of money and influence, and the trivial many, or the bottom 80%. The rule is applicable generally and is very accurate and helpful in business where it can make a huge difference in your results. Now, the rule suggests that 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. And conversely, the 80% of the other stuff will account for only 20% of your results. So. To sum it up, what does this mean in regards to team building? Well, it means that generally, 20% of your team members will bring you 80% of your results, and that 80% of your team members will bring you only 20% of your results. So following this rule of thumb that the Pareto Principle is, we can safely teach team builders to focus 80% of their time and energy on the 20% of their team members who bring in those coveted results. While this is a highly successful way to achieve results, it does have a blind spot when it comes to the intangible leaders on your team. Absolutely. And you know, we're taught this when we're team building, if you're um, building a home business, a network marketing business, and uh, in different corporations, because, you know, there's a lot of people that are basically, um, they're non-intentional, okay? And so these people fall into the cracks of the, they, they, they basically shove them all in the 80%. Yeah. And they say, well, the leader that has the most results is in the 20%. And most of the time in team building, what happens is that a lot of pe a lot of leaders will not um, give the coaching that the, this twenty percent needs because they think, oh, they're okay, they're fine, they're crushing the numbers, they don't need that attention, they're they're doing everything they're supposed to, and they just basically over like they they try so hard to get that eighty percent. That's mm -hmm. that oftentimes. A lot of them are just not intentional, not serious. Maybe the timing is wrong for them to be in the business. Uh, you know, all kinds of factors can play the game. So that's why they're telling them, look, just really focus on the people that crush the numbers because you don't want them to feel unappreciated and you don't want them to leave for another team because you're taking them for granted. And you want them to get better. Right. So, yeah. But th this is the danger of this. Okay, it's that if you are not careful when applying the Pareto principle, you could ignore and pass by the very important intangible leaders on your team. 
Okay, so this is why we're doing this podcast, because it's very, very important that you don't let your intangible leaders fall through the cracks in the 80% and assume that they are just, you know, non-intentional people. Mm -hmm. Okay, very important you understand this. So in network marketing team building, we are often taught to follow the Pareto principle with tips such as these. Focus on training those who show you quantifiable results. Don't waste your time with people who don't recruit or sell much. Keep your energy for your rock stars, right? So this isn't bad per se, but it has made many team leaders ignore their diamonds in the rough. Intangible leaders are, okay? And what happens to the intangible leaders when they are ignored, they leave and achieve success elsewhere. And worse, they can become your competition, or forget they ever met you when they do become successful. Now that really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so to further illustrate what an intangible leader is, we're going to take an example from the world of sports, where these intangible leaders are a bit easier to spot than in the business world or in the entrepreneurship team building world. In 1987, the Quebec Nordiques in the NHL were undergoing some problems. The team just wasn't performing as well as they used to. So management decided to trade one of their good players to remedy the situation. Now, usually that's a good enough strategy, right? Unfortunately though, they chose to trade their intangible leader, a player named Dale Hunter. Their failure to recognize Dale Hunter's deeper contributions brought about their downfall. So for the next five seasons, that is five seasons, the Quebec Nordiques were languishing at the very bottom of the National Hockey League rankings and they set new records in mediocrity. I know because I was following them and it was painful to watch. (laughs) You see, Dale Hunter was not the team's greatest scorer. He was not their biggest player or their fastest skater. However, he was the heart and soul of the Quebec Nordiques and trading him hurt them bad. What Dale Hunter did on the ice and the dressing room made him the glue that held the team together. Now, what did he do? Well, he was the guy who was always willing to take a hit for the benefit of the team. He was the guy who went for the loose pucks in the corner and got pummeled as a result. He was the guy who racked up penalty minutes, but who was also capable of grinding hard and scoring those important goals when all the chips were down. He never backed down from a fight. His teammates adored him and his adversaries hated him. And because of him, every player on the ice felt about two inches taller. That's what Dale Hunter brought to the Quebec Nordiques. Now, I don't want to go in detail like with the trade and everything because that trade is kind of controversial in the hockey world. They did get Joe Sackick in the trade, but it was after they picked him later that season. Anyway, uh, ultimately, Joe Sackick rose up and became an amazing leader for the Quebec Nordiques, but it took five years for that to happen. And during those five years, it was misery, misery, misery. Dale Hunter was an intangible leader in the world of hockey. While he has put up good numbers throughout his career, they weren't stellar. 
they weren't great enough to earn him the recognition he deserved. However, the Hockey News, the most respected magazine in hockey, once wrote that he should be inducted in, drumroll, the Hockey Hall of Fame, because they figure he was elite in the dual category of soft hands and sandpaper, which is a way to say that he, he could score goals and he could fight. In other words, he could do it all. And Dale Hunter was one of those intangibles in the world of sports. And I think it's a great example of the kind of contribution we're talking about here. The stuff that is not necessarily flashy, but that's definitely there and cements an organization. Yes, very powerful. And you know, probably Michel Bergeron cried when Dale Hunter was traded. Ah, uh, you probably did cry. <laughs> because, you know, the coaches see the intangible leader and they see what they bring to the team. You know, for us, people in the stadium sitting and watching, we're all about the goals. That's all we see. But the coach sees his intangible leader and what he brings to the team behind the scenes and what uh, a super glue he is to the, to the team. Yeah, and Dale Hunter brings. was definitely that in the dressing room. Exactly. So now we're going to focus on what qualities do intangible leaders have? Because we really want you to be able to identify them. Sometimes it's not very obvious. So we're going to give you a few points that you can that you can focus on so that it, it will help you identify them in your team. In other words, if you see team members or, or uh, people on your organization that have those qualities, keep them with you, okay? <laughs> Especially well, it's going to help you spot them. And once you, don't you, know, to, you don't want to get rid of those people. You want to pay attention to those people. Yeah, and once you know how to spot them and you, uh, you see these qualities, then you'll know what you're, you're up against and you're going to know how to to work with them differently, okay? So number one is grit. Grit is that never back down quality where someone will always stay in the game no matter what. So intangible leaders have grit, unfailing effort and energy put in year after year. It's when you expect something to be difficult but you believe that it still can be done, Okay, so some people would say that's perse perseverance, but they definitely have grit. Mm -hmm. Number two is teachability. And some people use the word coachable. Okay, mm -hmm. so the intangible leaders are humble and have a growth mindset. They always want to learn. They ma it makes them highly uh, teachable and they enjoy learning. Even when they are at the bottom of the learning curve, they still thrive to learn. They still have a thirst to always become better. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they don't have this mindset, I know everything and I don't, you can't teach me anything mindset, okay? Mm -hmm. They're not closed-minded people. They have an open mindset. So number three is integrity. So the intangible leader has a lot of integrity. Obviously, integrity should be part of any leader's quality tool belt, right? Integrity often flies under the radar, but it, it, it does matter very, very much. Number four is discipline. Intangible leaders are disciplined. They are hardworking and have a strong worth ethic, even when the results don't always shine. So if he is lazy... So if the leader you're looking at is lazy, he's definitely not the intangible leader on your team. In fact, okay? it's safe to say that if he's lazy, he's not a leader at all. Yeah, so the, you're not looking for somebody that's uh, got a few qualities here and there and is you know non-intentional 
uh, and you know, very, very lazy, always has excuses. That's not your intangible leader. Number five is self-awareness. Intangible leaders have insight because they know themselves so well. They know their strengths, they know their weaknesses, and they know the areas they need to work on. And they also know when to take the blame. Yeah, and sometimes they might even be too hard on themselves. Yeah, good Yeah, good point. Number six is resourcefulness. Intangible leaders usually find a way when there is no way. And if they can't, they ask for directions. They pride themselves in a job well done, and they want to see it through till the end. Number seven, a strong sense of purpose. Intangible leaders usually have a strong sense of purpose, and they carry themselves differently. They have posture. They march to the beat of a different drummer, if you will. They aren't motivated by numbers, commissions, and data, but by a sense of purpose, contribution, and significance. And that's not always easy to spot. Exactly. And you'll notice that these people oftentimes will come into the team because the company um, that you know they've been presented has a very strong sense of purpose, of leadership, um, they have a lot of significance. They they demonstrate the vision so strong to the outside world of how they want to change the planet, how they want to change, uh, you know, the quality of life of people, how they want to add purpose through this and this, uh, you know, way of doing things. So oftentimes the intangible leader will be drawn to that. They'll be a magnet to that. And that's why a lot of intangible leaders uh, even if they're not having great success in their team, won't leave a team. They will be hard to recruit for your team because they're very loyal, because they're in it for the purpose. They're in it because they feel like they're important and they're adding value to their teammates or that they're part of a bigger cause, a bigger purpose, bigger than themselves, like a movement, you I know? Like and now the new term is culture, right? So does your team have culture? Mm. So they've, they've labeled it like that, but basically that's what it is. It's do you have, does your team have a sense of purpose? Does your company have a, a sense of purpose that's greater than just filling people's pockets with money? Because these people, these intangible leaders are not driven by data and money and cars and you know, that's not what they're, they're striving for. Okay, that's a good point. Number eight, self-sacrificial. They are always looking for ways to help others on the team. Like we saw Dale Hunter. Dale Hunter would have bled for his teammates. And actually, he did on quite a few occasions. As a result, their own results may suffer. See, making others succeed is what they enjoy most, even if they don't get results or recognition along the way. They are A-plus team players. And now I'd like to talk to you guys about what you should do as a leader to identify the intangible leaders on your team. We just looked at what you should look for as qualities, but as a leader yourself, what should you actually do or practice to make those leaders kind of like uh, be attracted to you, come out of the woodworks, uh, if you will. So uh, what you want is to be able to accurately pinpoint who this leader is on your team, if there might be more than one, and there are things you can do and implement that will make your intangible leaders stand out. Liz? So number one is keep an open door policy. 
Okay, always make yourself available for questions, suggestions, comments, and make it clear to your team that your door is always open. This will make intangible leaders come out of the woodworks and you will see them visit your office with openness, forerightness, and insight. Because their focus is different and they're looking at the team in a different way, they'll oftentimes you know, um, bring to you some pain points or different areas that are, you know, that need improvement or suggestions of different things that you can, um, you can bring into the team that would help the team because they know the pain points. Okay. Pay, pay attention to the guy or girl on your team who will speak to you on behalf of the rest of the team. Even if the rest of the team has no clue about it, pay attention to those people. Those who come to you and say, you know what, I've noticed you, uh, implemented so-and-so or did this and that and I felt like maybe the team didn't really enjoy that or that maybe we felt brushed wrong or whatever they might it might be good might be bad but if they if, if they speak on behalf of what they felt as a team member pay attention to those people yeah and and th- this number one is very important in team building you know as a leader you should always be open to suggestions and comments from your team because you're gonna really learn from them and and see how they're living uh, the team and how they're seeing things and get their input could make your your team even more powerful and they can work together in a different way. So it becomes a, a really good thing for team building. Yeah, and number two, create an atmosphere of safety. Creating a team environment where everyone feels safe, secure, and free to speak their minds is your job as a leader. This will empower team members to ask questions. And once they do, it will enable you to discern by their questions who your intangible leaders are. Here's a clue. Great leaders ask great questions. So the great questions you will be getting usually indicate something there. Like if someone comes to you with questions time and again and they're always pretty good question that makes you dig further for solutions pay attention to those people yeah and another thing i want to add in there is um you know sometimes we we can you know be on a live video in our group or to our team and say you know i'm open to suggestions and comments and some people just won't take that opportunity sometimes they just don't want to bother you or they're shy or whatever what you can do is a team call so like accountability team calls and um, basically it's um, a way for everybody that's serious about building a business they can get hop on that call and talk with you the leader and ask questions and then you can see where the struggles are right you can see where they're they're having a hard time uh, understanding certain things and that's that may be a way for them to be more open about it so um, I heard um, a lot of people implementing accountability calls and it's not just about saying you know uh, so-and-so did this number and did that number and crushing all the numbers and um, it like obviously you have to to have some of that right you have to have these rewards and um, you know uplift those that are really working hard bringing in the numbers uh, that's for sure. But it also allows those that don't have as much numbers to be encouraged and to get some insight. And, and it allows you to ask them the right questions to see 
where where there might be you know some some weaker pain points and definitely always if you're going to implement this always um, count for the activity implied so not just the result but make sure that you get some stats for the activity so that people really know that um that they can come to you and say, you know, I've done so-and-so calls or I've reached out to so-and-so amount of people. I have been active and recognize that. Which brings us to number three. Always Always consider consider effort. effort. Uh, Did you consider the effort put in? Sometimes results just don't measure effort. And as a leader, you need to be able to identify this phenomenon. So definitely look at the activity that the person's been doing because Mm -hmm. sometimes... It's the approach that they have. Sometimes it's the mindset. Sometimes it's just what they're saying, or maybe they're not using the tools you're given correctly or the scripts or whatnot. And so you won't know any of these weaknesses or these points that they struggle with if you don't have that uh, one-on-one call or those team calls to figure it out. Number four, recognize initiative and resourcefulness. Sometimes it won't get done the way it's always been done or the way you expected or even the way it should but if it works discerning initiative and resourcefulness is a good key to observe your team members value many intangible leaders can be identified by their resourcefulness that's a really good key there to look at exactly and number five consider his impact on others okay this is really crucial This is a really good way to identify your intangible leader. So is this potential intangible leader beloved on your team? Okay. Not the kind of person that everybody hates. (laughs) That's not who you're looking for. That is not your intangible leader. He's hated. (laughs) You're looking for that person that, you know, people generally get along with. And, you know, that person is the encourager. So how does he... Uh, add value through words of appreciation, encouragement, motivation. How do others perceive him and react to him or her? Do they really enjoy having him or her around? And most important, does he make others around him better? So just like the clip from Suits, these are all very good clues to notice intangible leaders. Okay? Yeah. So generally speaking... The intangible leader is a really good coach, okay? They have a really very uh, strong EQ level, emotional uh, quotient. So they're able to understand relationships and see the pain points that their other teammates have. So they tend to always want to help the other teammate. Mm-hmm. So that's a good way to see, you know, if they're doing that, they're coaching others. And, you know, a lot of team members don't even know this. A lot of... Uh, you know, team leaders crushing the numbers don't know that, uh, you know, those that have a harder time, uh, the, the strugglers on some, some would say on the struggle bus, those on the struggle <laughs> bus are going to come in and contact the intangible leader and have chats with them and phone calls and stuff because they're struggling and they feel that the intangible leader is the only one that understands them. Mm-hmm. So the intangible leader becomes the coach, the super glue, the motivator, and you have no idea. So you as the it's leader are crushing the numbers, yeah. recruiting tons of people every month, have no idea that your intangible leader is basically your super glue. Okay? That's the person that's motivating and keeping everything everything on board. So I would recommend if you're a recruiter and you're crushing the numbers in your team that you definitely 
keep your intangible leaders close to you because they're the ones that are going to tell you where things are going wrong and who's having a hard time and what they're having a hard time with because they know. So definitely keep them close so that you're able to have an eye on all of this and you're able to adapt and maybe, you know, give more resources or more of your time to certain people or find the pain points, you know. So definitely ask good questions to your intangible leaders because they'll give you the right answers. That's amazing insight right there. I loved it. Number six, notice the change on your team in his or her absence. Now, in French, we have an expression that says uh, that someone um, brille par son absence. Basically, that says that they're shining by their absence. <laughs> so what does this mean? Well, that means sometimes when your intangible leader is not there, you're going to notice it big time in the team's overall composure, results, confidence, uh, name it, right? All the good stuff. So you're going to notice uh, when those intangible leaders are not there, what's happening with your team, and usually it won't be the good things. So you're going to notice that when that person's not there, your team is not performing quite as well. So that is a huge clue, especially if you haven't identified your uh, an intangible leader on your team. It's something very, very important to look at. Yeah, right? and that's also the uh, person that you can rely on when you're absent, okay? So all kinds of things happen in your life, you know, you can have a tragedy, an illness, uh, somebody dies, something happens. So we all have, you know, ups and downs in our business, in our personal lives. And the intangible leader oftentimes will be the one that's going to step up and that's going to be the reliable one that's going to help you out doing team calls, doing all kinds of stuff that you need to to keep on going and that maybe you can't do. So if you have, I don't know, three intangible leaders on your team, well, guess what? You know, you won't have to stick in the picture. If you're stuck, these, these people will be able to run the show while you're gone. And the other reason they'll be able to run the show while you're gone is because people like them. Yeah, okay. They've, yeah, exactly. they've, they're the coaches. They're, wi they're willing to work their butts off for them, basically. Yeah, so the, the coaches, they, they become the coaches and the encouragers and the motivators, and that's what people need on the team, right? So as long as that's there, then, you know, it stays afloat. So maybe the momentum won't be as strong as when the recruit top recruiters are involved. But if you all learn to work together and, and you know, get the top recruiters to work with the intangible leaders then if you are you know the main person at the top of the team that you're not able to be present everything's going to run super smooth anyway and that's what you want if you're in network marketing or you're you're in any other a home-based business direct sales whatever you want to be able to 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 retrieve yourself at one point because that's the beauty of being in this business right is to eventually uh, have the residual income and have more time freedom Right. So you have to teach the top recruiters to work with the intangible leaders at one point so that you can retrieve yourself and take vacations and be more more often with your kids. Or, you know, if something happens, you can take those few few weeks off and not everything will fall like a, you know, a sandcastle that turns to the sand, <laughs> sand <laughs> the pancake or something, you know. That's very valuable information right there. This is really good stuff. Uh, and it reminds me of uh, a time when I was a young man and I was just getting started on the job market. Uh, I was hired at my mother's company. Well, my mom 
my, where my mom worked. And uh, I was put in the warehouse in the back. And I worked for this guy in the warehouse who was a simple employee, but he was an intangible leader. He was not one of those guys in the front office with the suit. No, he worked in the back and he worked the warehouse and he was not even in charge over there, but he knew all the products and he had a way with people. I mean, I would have bled for this guy. I just enjoyed working for him and doing my best because even when I made a mistake, he always said, doesn't matter, you're learning. Let's just erase that and start over. And he had, he had a way of encouraging me every step of the way that actually in the end, I became quite good at what I did because he was so patient, people oriented, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a ton of qualities. I mean, this guy, I was even wondering, I asked my mom, I said, why does he have a bigger position? And my mom said, well, he just enjoys it being alone out there, <laughs> being alone in the back. He doesn't want to deal with the suits, <laughs> with the, the people in front who have suits and are all about numbers. That actually rubbed him the wrong way. And he enjoyed the freedom he had working in the back and uh, not having to worry about those numbers, basically. You know, I think that the... If we if we want to tag you know the intangible leader into one type of leadership, I think we would say he's the servant leader. He's the servant leader who has people at heart. Exactly, and as we know, you know how corporations used to work. That that wasn't you know that wasn't the thing. The leaders were those that were you know calling the shots, telling people what to do, but. Now people are wiser and they know what leadership more and more is supposed to look like. And I think that there should be places for people that are servant leaders and you're definitely in your corporation. Yeah, and don't, don't get us wrong. There's a, there's a time and a place for numbers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at the first thing, first things first, the first thing in any business, in any organization, in any community is people. Exactly. So the other point that I want to mention that's very, um, that we hear a lot online in social media, we hear it through the network marketing gurus. Um, We hear them say that if you do have intangible leaders on your team and they don't specify that way, they'll say leaders, people that are influential on your team, they'll say basically ignore them. Because if they're not crushing the numbers and they're not giving you results, ignore them until they go away. Yeah, and that's a big mistake. Like like we mentioned earlier when I, I taught the parental principle, the blind spot in the parental principle. Yeah. That's basically what it is, right? Exactly. So I hope that we understand that through this podcast, you're able to see that we're talking about the intentional person, okay? We're not talking about the influential person that does nothing, that doesn't have any of the qualities that we mentioned. We're talking about people that do have qualities and that if you help them flourish, they'll become really good leaders on your team. So definitely do not ignore them because they are, they are influential because you just got rid of your super glue in your team, okay? So let me repeat that. If you ignore the intangible leader, which is the super glue in your team, then you're going to have serious problems when that person leaves. It's going to be very hard for you to super glue all that together and get them motivated because you just got rid of your encourager and your coach. Yeah, and, and sometimes it can really bite you in the, in the rear because you just didn't see that coming. You just got rid of that person because, well, not getting rid of it, but you just ignore that person and, you, and the person leaves. And then you're like, What's going on? Why? Why? I don't understand. Why did they not produce numbers on my team? And then they go and they they change company. And then all of a sudden they go, 
you know, and this other team with this amazing leader and then they flourish and crush the numbers and become great. Why? Because that person coached the intangible leader where he needed to, worked on the mindset. And we're going to talk well, about that. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Right. So now let's focus on how to help your intangible leaders to flourish. As a leader, you want to build up other leaders. In order to add value to your team and business, you'll want to take those intangible leaders to the next level, which is, of course, bringing them to their full potential. So to do so, you will need to coach them and mentor them into greatness. So Sebastian, what's point number one? Here's how we do this, okay? Number one, help him by valuing his existing contribution. Nothing builds up confidence more than words of appreciation and valuing a team member's contributions. Also, you need to be aware that most intangible leaders have this in common. They lack confidence in some areas. Okay? Most intangible leaders have confidence issues in some area or another. So your praise to criticism ratio should then be five to one, meaning for every negative comment, you should give at least five words of praise and encouragement. This builds up confidence in people and it makes, it makes them want to contribute even more. So it's going to take your intangible leader and give him that confidence boost that he needs. Yeah, and it, and also give that criticism, that const, uh, constrict, uh, what do you call it, constructive Not criticism. There's constrictive criticisms and there's constructive criticism. I meant Don't con give the constrictive kind because you're going to suffocate them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. I meant constructive <laughs> criticism so that you can really help boost, you know, boost that level of weakness, that area, that pain point. So there's a way of saying things, right? So that's why we say to, to mention the positive or what they are doing right, but also help them out with what they aren't doing so you, so good before, enough. <laughs> so before you're about to criticize them, you can look at them and say, you know what? You're punctual. You're tall. You're handsome. You work hard. I appreciate you. And yet. And then you give them what they're supposed to hear. <laughs> We're joking, we're joking. Well, half, half joking. You guys can do better than this. <laughs> so number two, coach him to value his own success as well. So the mindset uh, is a huge, huge issue here, okay? So intangible leaders usually have no qualms about sacrificing for the team and building others up. In fact, they usually demonstrate high levels of servant leadership, aptitudes, and self-sacrificial love. The downside is that they might be a bit underdriven or too mellow when it comes to their own success, okay? They need coaching to develop more of a go-getter attitude, the right winning mindset, and more confidence. Sometimes, for whatever reason, the person might have a mindset block, what we call. So there's something that you, you just can't pinpoint and you won't know unless you coach them, unless you listen to them, unless you ask questions to figure out what it is. There's always something that could, you know, be affecting their confidence. Maybe they're scared to do a certain thing. Maybe they're scared of success. You know, there could be a lot of things that um, they're, they're maybe, you know, not even realizing, but you might get a breakthrough by coaching them and taking time and asking good questions. So you want to get that, 
you know, that mindset block out of the way so that they can thrive and become the leader you want them to be. Yeah, and actually start getting those results and numbers that, that will make them grow to the next level. Yeah, because you know that they have all the other qualities exactly. that a leader needs, right? So you, they're just missing that special push and you can't, you can't get, you can't motivate them to do it unless they're that you know that issue is gone so whatever it is and most of the time i've noticed there's something there there's either a confidence or a mindset thing mm. number three teach him strategies to get those coveted results let's not forget the mechanics of success successful people and leaders are creatures of habit help your intangible leader to set goals put in place strategies and develop those winning habits and see them rise from intangible to tangible. And that brings us to number four. Share with him the big why. Okay, this is super, super, super important. So like I said earlier, your intangible leader is not driven with the same things that you might be as a top recruiter, okay, or a top leader. So maybe you're motivated, your motivations are, are, are different. And the intangible leader, you know, will focus on purpose okay won't focus on the car won't focus on the money oriented uh incentives okay he's not motivated by that so share with him the big why chances are your intangible leader sticks around because he believes in the bigger picture of your organization the intangible leader will be motivated by the team's vision purpose and higher contribution for example, intangible leaders want to change lives more than bank accounts. They want to bring significance in their own lives and in other people's lives. So for an example would be, you know, an intangible leader would focus more on, uh, you know, if, the, if they're talking to a family, for example, that um, wants to join the team. And they know that, you know, the husband's not there and that, you know, the, the lady, the, the woman wants to join because she wants to get her husband um, into a normal, uh, you know, to, to working at home and not doing a nine to five job or w weird work hours. Okay, a lot of people join network marketing for that reason. Well, that leader will focus on, wow, you know, I have to get this this lady, I have to help her in her business because I understand the importance of family and the purpose is greater than I want to help that family make tons more, of money, make right? More money, yeah. So they understand the pain point, the emotional side of it, mm -hmm. of why she's joining. So that motivates them and the stories of those people will motivate them if they're suffering from the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, an intangible leader will tend to join a company because of that, you know, because people are working more on purpose and, and less focused on money. Mm. So they want to serve an ideal higher than themselves more than the company's success. Okay, so they're not the kind of people that really care that much about going to get, you know, a bunch of rewards on stage. Okay. They really care more about um, impacting people and saying, you know what, I helped this person, you know, achieve this and this goal for her family or now she has time freedom with her kids and this is amazing and this this is what she's going to promote when mm -hmm. she's recruiting people. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, it is your job to properly articulate the vision, okay, to that person if you want them on board. So if you want to keep them engaged and working and growing, they have to feel like they're working towards something that they found a purpose, okay? Mm -hmm. So 
you know, and yeah, sometimes they're, they're, not, they're not much for the, 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 the mechanics of, of stuff. They, they really want to feel emotionally connected. Yeah. And they want to feel important in the team. They want to feel like they have purpose, uh, that they're they're valued. But also, I think it's really important if your t- if your company doesn't have a lot of culture, you need to create that in your team. So, for example, I, kn- I knew one of the first companies I was introduced to didn't have much of anything that had to do with culture. They were all about beauty products and um, not that anything's wrong with that, but it was all about, you know, rev- you know, skincare and beauty and lipstick and stuff. And what I liked about the team, one of the teams that I heard of was the fact that they were using a lot of their profits to help um, people in poor countries to have beds because these these kids did not have bed there's their families didn't have beds so the team would work and say you know what we're going to put so and so amount and the team leader would match that amount and then they were so happy to go um the team leader would go and and present this to the the kids or the 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 family in that country and then bring back pictures of the impact so the team really felt like wow you know like we contributed to to this because we worked all as a team they were super motivated for this they're basically thinking we didn't just make a profit we made a difference exactly so the money's there but the the purpose behind it was so much stronger and you know what she didn't have to do that but she understand the importance because as a leader herself she wanted to use that money to have purpose so she instilled that passion that vision that she had to accomplish that goal and those that wanted that and wanted to be part of that were you know and it was a beautiful thing to see you know in my team at the time they weren't doing that and i had talked to my team leader about it and uh, she she thought it was a nice idea but she that wasn't her thing that she just didn't want to do something like that it wasn't part of her she was all about the numbers right so this is where you know if you don't if your company does not have that you need to create that because your intangible leaders will be way more motivated you know it could just be something simple like saying you know i chose this charity because i really have this to heart and then show them the vision show them what this charity does and say i want to give so and so amount or a certain percentage this month to this and and i hope you'll join me or whatever and you're, you're going to see all your intangibles yeah. jump up right they're all going to want to participate well as a leader there's nothing more valuable than human capital and the best part about human capital is its return on investment it is incredible the return on investment in human capital by taking the time to invest in your intangible leaders you will get an ROI that far exceeds anything you can put on paper you can build a lot more through people than through any other means that's how we build legacies and if you develop the capacity to spot those intangible leaders they will be invaluable cogs in that machine towards building your legacy okay so we want to leave you with a great example to follow as you build up your intangible leaders as you first of all as you spot them you 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 know what to look for now so as you spot them and as you aim to build them up one of the best identifier and trainer of intangible leaders was legendary basketball coach john wooden everyone he met on his path was a better person once they were under his influence
I love John Wooden's legacy for two reasons. Number one, John Wooden was the epitome of what, it, of what an intangible leader can accomplish once they reach their full potential. And number two, John Wooden was also one of the best trainer of intangible leaders who came under his tutelage. Maybe this is because it takes one to know one. John Wooden just had a phenomenal knack for spotting these intangibles and to make them tangible. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's very well said. If you don't know who John Wooden is, because he was an amazing, um, amazing leader and an amazing coach, but he's from an older generation. So if you're a young entrepreneur, maybe you don't know who he is. I really encourage you he had to, to check him out. He's got on YouTube, the, on YouTube. Yeah. And there's a lot of books uh, that he writes on leadership, uh, absolutely amazing person to and, follow. And he mentored our mentor. He mentored John Maxwell. And John Maxwell uh, said once that there is no limit to John Wooden's wisdom. Mm. So that's something. That, that is saying something. So we're going to finish today's episode by sharing with you guys a short clip, uh, kind of like an honor to John Wooden, who was, he was both. He was an intangible leader who developed fully and then went on to build an incredible legacy by being such a keen observer and finding those nuggets, finding those people on all of his teams and all the people he would meet, finding those intangible leaders and building them up the way he was built up. So uh, we'll finish with the clip and as usual, we, we hope that you uh, were encouraged through this podcast. We hope that you will be equipped to build better teams, to really observe your team members, spend more time with them, ask them more questions, get to know them better, because you might have some diamonds in the rough that might have evaded your nose for talent, your nose for leadership. And you might be surprised by what you find if you really take the time to know your team members. So we leave you with this clip and we hope that you will be blessed and thrive on. Never once did my players hear me mention winning, but always, every day at practice and the last thing almost before the tip-off of every game we played, they would hear me say, when the game is over, I want your head up. And you're the only one that will really know whether you've done the things you should have done if you do that, the score won't really matter, but I really have a feeling that more often than not, the score will also be to your liking. Who was John Wooden but a humble champion whose uncommon coaching techniques built one of college basketball's most dominant dynasty? Coach Wooden used the vehicle of basketball to teach life. His mission in life was to make everyone else better, and that's what Coach Wooden did. A poetic teacher who taught his players, students, friends, and more the right way to play the greatest game we all must learn how to play, the game of life. If a person just understood and followed the pyramid of success, their life would be good. His pyramid, it's sort of a formula to go by for, for winning, but it's really about living your life. A successful philosopher whose influence transcended the game he coached and impacted the lives of thousands across the globe. 
he was the man they call Coach. Coach Woody, he loved the term teacher. He liked to be labeled, I'm a teacher. He taught life lessons through sports, through those victories, through the teamwork, through the competitiveness that you have, and you do the best you can. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.